Hey, Beatle fans, this is Tim Coffey. Welcome to another edition of Love and Peace, a Beatles podcast. Um, I saw a really interesting clip this morning uh, that was made back in 1973 with an interview of, of John Lennon. And it, it, it was a brief interview, but it was it was almost landbreaking in the sense that um, it, it was about would the Beatles actually reunite? And John was asked, "Would you ever play with the, the the guys again?" And he said, "Yeah, maybe. Who knows?" And he was asked by the interviewer, "Well, um, uh, tell me more about about." how you feel about that? And John said, well, you know me, I'm, I kind of go by my instinct and I could wake up tomorrow morning and call one of the guys and say, hey, let's get going. Um, and then he was asked, well, do you have uh, any animosity towards uh, the group at all? And he said, oh, not at all, not at all. And the interviewer said, well, were you um, uh, mad at anyone in particular? He said, no. Listen, everything has been taken care of, all the issues are resolved, uh, we're, we're good buds, and, you know, that's that. But that led me to to go back to some of the contributing factors as to why the Beatles actually broke up. And there's, there's major theories about this, some more um, supportive than others. But one of the reasons certainly was uh, the manager situation. Uh, three of the four Beatles, uh, and Paul McCartney was not one of them, uh, wanted Alan Klein to manage the, the Beatles. And Klein had, had been the, the manager of the Stones, and um, there was kind of a rocky relationship that he had with the Stones. Um, and Paul wanted his father-in-law, uh, an entertainment lawyer, John Eastman, in New York to be the um, uh, manager uh, Paul reluctantly agreed because the Beatles had always gone to the basis of uh, either all of us agree or, or it doesn't happen. And Paul didn't want to use this as a reason to kind of hold out um, the, the, the group at all. But anyway, so Alan Klein was brought on board. He renegotiated, a, I think it was a five-year contract. This was in 19, I forget, either 68 or 69. He negotiated a five-year recording contract with, with better terms, uh, with Capitol Records and EMI. And uh, the Beatles made that commitment to <clears throat> put out, uh, I, I forget what it was, two or three or four albums. And so then they, they, uh, they went to the Let It Be sessions, and that was in January of 1969, uh, all recorded on, on the Get Back uh, 3 DVD uh, series. And... You could see the real uh, anger and frustration sometimes of George towards Paul. And that really uh, struck a chord. And it got to the point where George, um, I think pretty much in the middle of the whole recording session, said, um, I'm leaving the group. I'll see you around in the clubs and was gone for three or four days. Um, John and Paul finally went to his house, to Friar Park, and talked to, to George, and George said, okay, I'll come in. One of the conditions is I want to bring in additional uh, musicians, and that's where Billy Preston came into the, the picture. <clears throat> they also um, thought about, uh, actually, when the Beatles 
were left with no lead guitarist, they actually thought about Eric Clapton replacing George. But George was one of the original Beatles, so they, they were loyal to him in that sense. Um, so George came back, and there was a time, too, when <clears throat> um, Ringo left. And he was gone for two days, and they, the, the three of them actually talked him into coming. Uh, when Ringo came back uh, to the studio, his drum set was surrounded by dozens of, of roses, which really made, made the day for Ringo. But uh, the other part and the other theory, which I don't really buy into, was the presence of, of Yoko in, in the studio. And the Beatles always had a policy of the only, no one would be in the studio except George Martin and, and uh, Jeff, um, ah, forget me. I forgot his last name, the, the recording engineer that did a great job, Jeff Emmerich. <clears throat> and, but for the get back sessions, uh, they had recorders, they had cameramen, they had this and that. They were all geared up to do, to rehearse for a live um, TV special. <clears throat> they had two weeks to do it. And that TV special obviously never took place. But anyway, so there was some tension there. And obviously, in in uh, the the final album that they made, uh, Abbey Road, um, George Martin was somewhat disillusioned. He got a call from Paul saying, "Hey, we want to go back and record. Will you come in and and uh, be our producer?" And and George Martin said, "Well, are you guys going to get along, or are you going to have all this animosity and get all pissed at each other?" And Paul said, "Nope, nope. We're going to behave." Uh, we're good to go, so we, we want and need you. And George Martin agreed. <clears throat> Obviously, George Harrison really excelled in that uh, Abbey Road because um, two of his songs were uh, um, really incredible. Here Comes the Sun and Something, uh, showing the real, real uh, craftsmanship that George had developed in writing songs. <clears throat> and that was... an large part of his frustration, too. Uh, John and, and Paul never really looked at George's songwriting ability as, as anywhere equal to theirs. And, and, you know, maybe that was the case in, initially, but uh, over time, George got really, really good. You know, he had tax man, if I needed someone, don't bother me, and so on. But anyway, um, but the, uh, it was in September, I think, of 1969, before the, the uh, get back session, uh, John came in the studio and said, I'm leaving the group. And he and Yoko went off to Canada and they had their peace in uh, uh, situation and recorded an album, I think. Paul had an album going. George was looking at an album. And um, so it turned out that uh, Paul, <coughs> excuse me, Paul was going to release his album, his very first album called McCartney, um, before the Abbey Road uh, album was going to be released. And Ringo actually went over, was asked to go over and talk to Paul to see if he could talk Paul into holding off for at least a week. And Paul didn't treat Ringo very well. He slammed the door in his face before he yelled and, and threatened him and said, absolutely not. But anyway, so... Um, but I think, really, the reality is when they started out as, as four young lads from Liverpool and made it big and then 
in England and Europe and then over here in the United States and then worldwide. Uh, all but one were single. John was married. Um, by the time that they broke up, all of them were, were married. They, they had children. They had families of their own. They were adults now and not young or uh, late teenage years. And, and uh, they had matured quite a bit. And I think they were ready to, to go off in different directions. But it was really interesting going back to that 1973 uh, uh, interview that John said, yeah, I'm open to, to playing again with the, with the guys. So imagine what that could have been. But part of the mystique of the Beatles today is the fact that uh, a lot of groups broke up and then got back together. Uh, the Beatles never did. And maybe that's what made them so special because um, their music spoke for, for itself. So give me your feedback. Um, you can email me at lapbts uh, at gmail.com. That's lapbts, I'm sorry, btls at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. And anyway, at this point, go off and play your, your favorite Beatles song or album. And we'll catch you next time. Take care.